You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? It's 49 Carats Pod. Man, that is not how I usually start this episode. So let me start over again. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Thursday, August 3rd. The seventh day of 49ers training camp. I was back in the building after the team had their day off yesterday. Joining me to talk about day seven is Richard Kelts of the Kelts Chronicles. How are you doing today, Rich? I am doing well. Uh, just another day. Uh, blessed uh, to be here. Excited. I've, I haven't talked live for quite a while. So I'm just excited to talk about 49er football excited uh you, you know uh, this is our first time uh collabing so i'm excited about that uh nice shirt by the way too oh <laughs> thank you i i always got i gotta bring this one out for camp because i feel like it's appropriate it, yeah, yeah. and for the audio listeners it says source trust me bro um so yeah rich i i appreciate you coming on because it's been a long time coming we've tr- been trying to make this happen so glad that you're here to talk camp with me today but uh, we got some injury updates from Kyle Shanahan today. He spoke with the media after practice and he filled us in on a few updates. First one being Jalen Moore, who left Tuesday's practice uh, with what originally looked like, you know, something going on with his knee. He was carted off uh, from the field. And, you know, I just want to point out that we see a lot of players get carted off not particularly the 49ers so far, but just in general around the NFL. Um, And I saw someone, you know, make a very good point about that, that usually the practice fields are just so far from the locker rooms. And that's why you hear a lot of guys have to use the cart because it doesn't make sense for them to walk all the way to the locker rooms. Right. So uh, Jalen Moore was carted off Tuesday's practice turns out we heard from Kyle Shanahan today it is a bone bruise so definitely could have been worse Good. for Jalen Moore seems like he will be all right would still expect him to be fine for week one for the preseason um, but we did see a lot more of a uh, converted tight end Leroy Watson today who he was handling the first team and second team reps at left tackle today you might also be wondering well where was Trent Williams he uh, it was a rest day for him. He wasn't even dressed. So from what I saw, though, Leroy Watson, who a lot of people have been saying, like he really bulked up because, again, converted tight end. He held up pretty well considering like he was playing against the first team defensive line and also considering like he's further down the depth chart. So I was pretty encouraged from what I saw from Leroy Watson today. And I'm glad the 49ers are um, getting this opportunity to get an extra look at him. Exactly. You just, that, that, especially that last part took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, Hey, uh, you know, how does he look compared to more? You know, I know today was just, you know, probably just a brief thing. You know, I haven't been at training camp. So, so you, you know, a ton more than I do, but that's, that's interesting. Um, especially that depth piece at the tackle position, um, you know, who, you know, more has been getting kind of, it's been kind of iffy with him the past few years. Uh, so, you know, it's good to see what someone else may be capable of. So like you said, you know, that's, you could kind of turn that negative into a positive. Hey, let's see what Watson's got, you know, especially with his 
you know, uh, putting on some weight. And um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm excited, you know, that it's a bone bruise and it's nothing more internal is, and bone bruises do suck. You know, I've, I've had, you know, issues with ribs and broken ribs and broken hands and certain things, but bone bruises, they are very painful and uh, debilitating, but um, hopefully it heals up properly or, you know, uh, heals up quick and uh, not too worried about it. What's up, everybody? Yeah, we got people in the comments. What's going on, everyone? Make sure you you ask some questions in the comments if you have questions about what's going on in camp, but also make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't yet to both of our channels. Um, but the other injury that we heard about today was Aaron Banks, and he's in the concussion protocol. Uh, so we did actually see a lot of Jason Poe. Uh, today who I know like he's kind of been a fan favorite or just like someone of intrigue for 49er fans uh, since he's been drafted by the team and so he got extended reps today also working with the first team and second team at left guard um, and I thought he did pretty good overall as well like I didn't see anything uh, too egregious from him but this offensive line depth what we were saying it is getting tested and this is exactly what I spoke about in my last episode with Ryan as well. He asked me like if I was concerned about the tackle depth and you know now we're seeing mm-hmm. just tackle but guards as well that depth is being tested but now um, as I said then and it, I think it's even more true today guys have to step up and it's their opportunity to to be able to have a good showing and for the 49ers to get a good look at their depth, right. And see who can hold up against better talent. Because a lot of the time these guys are going up against, you know, third string, wherever they are on the depth chart, that's about the same level of guys that are going up against. So there's a possibility that going up against third string, for example, you know, Poe may look really good, but how does he look when he has to play against, you know, starters, right? So I think, both for uh, Poe and Leroy Watson, it's giving us a really good idea of how these guys might look if they ever got into a situation where we would have to see them in a game, right? So I I think it was great for the team to be able to see that today. And, you know, who does have the positional versatility to fill in at multiple spots Mm -hmm. or like on either side of the line? Because, when it comes down to the cut down to 53, like that all counts, that all adds value. And that could be the difference between someone sticking around versus getting cut. So I think this is great for Jason Poe and Leroy Watson to get extra looks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's one of the, I tweeted out today. Hey, I was curious about Feliciano and, and a couple of other names, but I'll just stay there. Uh, Feliciano, you know, that's kind of, from what I heard, that was kind of like our new Daniel Brunskill. So I'm really interested to see what he does. I heard uh, from one person that it was a little underwhelming with him. But, you know, um, we all have different lenses. So, but that's also one area where a lot of us fans were screaming and pounding the table. Like, what are we doing drafting Cam too? Like, you know, what are we doing drafting Jake Moody there? And, I and and you know, uh, Jake Moody, not so much anymore, but, I mean, that's a huge deal. That's a huge piece. We needed it. And I'm sure there's going to be some point in time where we look back on this draft and say, oh, man, we could have had this 
tackle or this guard and we got Latou and it's still, uh, you know, to be determined. Um, like you said, it's a good thing to be able to see these other guys, what they're capable of, especially a Poe, you know, like you said, he's been a fan favorite, um, you know, and hey, it could, it could be worse. You know, hopefully that's not the Achilles heel that comes back to bite us is the offensive line, especially when a lot of us were kind of like, oh, hey, we did not draft one. Like that was almost, I think every single mock draft had at least, at yes. least one offensive lineman penciled in. And I'm I'm pretty sure I had multiple. So it is what it is. You know, um, we still got, we still went and got, I believe it was prior. I haven't heard any word yeah, about prior. I, I haven't either. I like, I mean, obviously he's been out there, but I, I guess if he was doing bad, I guess we would hear about it. But yeah. we also haven't, you know, I haven't heard that he's his name of like, oh, wow, he just stonewalled, you know, so-and-so. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe maybe that's okay. But as of right now, it seems like he's, you know, further down the the depth, depth chart. And they've been <laughs> wanting to see more of Jalen Moore, which makes sense because, you know, they drafted Jalen Moore to – you know, maybe be the swing tackle, right? Or or maybe at least like back up Trent Williams or be the heir apparent to Trent, right? Like I, I don't know, but I think they just want to get a better look at Jalen Moore. And so they're giving him that opportunity yeah. right now. Uh, but like I said, he's gonna be, you know, probably out for a few more practices given that he's dealing with that bone bruise. We got a question from David McNiner. The O-line battle is what I am interested in. Who has got reps at center and right tackle? So at center, it's Jake Brendel. And I see Randy had the same question too about Brendel. Is it in the bag for Jake? Yeah, I mean, it pretty much is. And I think for good reason, because he was the starting center for this team last season. And you know, I think he did a fine job. And I think the more time that this group has together, the better the offensive line is going to become because as a unit, they're going to have more cohesion and they're going to gel. Uh, so the more time they have together, the better they'll get. And I think we saw that at points last season. Now going into this season, when you just it's all the same guys except for Colton McKivitz, who to answer Randy's question, uh, has been at the right tackle spot. Or sorry, David's question. Um, he's been at the right tackle spot and he's the only new starter. So I think that's good for the 49ers compared to last season. They were going into the season with three new starters, right? At the offensive line. So I, I think this is great for the team and keeping that cohesion uh, with the same group of guys for the most part. And even Colton McKivitz being a quote unquote new guy or new starter, he's been with the team for a few years. So I yeah. think even some of that chemistry is going to translate and hopefully they'll get off to a quicker start on the offensive line. Completely agree with the, uh, you know, I was joking a couple years back or not a couple years back, maybe last year, uh, the B line, you know, we got Banks and Brendel and Burford and Brung at, at that time, Brung skill, but the B line, um, but, uh, uh, who, so who is, who has been playing backup center? Like if you've noticed, um, I believe it's been Feliciano, Feliciano uh, as, okay, as a backup okay. center. Yeah. All right, and cool. It, he, that's what I assumed. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's that's what I assumed. And um, 
Hey, man. Hey, 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 Jake Brendel, he was, I believe he made it as a Pro Bowl alternate. So don't sleep on Brendel. <laughs> no, I did he's, not want to. He's solid. I, I know, like, people have high standards for this offensive line. And, you know, maybe he wasn't the best guy on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always going to be Trent. But, you know, I still think he was solid. And again, the more time that he had with the group, I think it, yeah. it really benefited him in the long run. So, yeah, that cohesiveness is going to, you know, it's just going to build, you know, people are going to, uh, or not people, uh, the players, they're going to, they're going to start becoming familiar with the tendencies. They'll be able to nudge each other a certain way and already know what that means in a second year or third year. And, and once you, start really locking in with that kind of chemistry, uh, great things can happen. You know, that it's a team. It's, I think we forget sometimes not, maybe not us necessarily, but it's a team game chemistry. The, the, the reps, just all of it is very, very important. I mean, I I'm very, I'm very, very optimistic about the offensive line. I, I've said a number of times about McKivitz that I believe he can be a, a upgrade. You know, he's got the makeup. He's definitely got the mental makeup. You know, he was a former uh, gold helmet recipient. And they hand those those out to guys like Hufunga, I believe, also has one. They hand them out to guys who they think are just straight up leaders. Leaders. uh, They got all the intangibles that aren't talked about a lot. And those those things are very important. You know, hey, if uh, McKivitz isn't getting... You know, and I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much crap about McGlitchy, but as long as he's not going horizontal to the field, you know, I think fans are going to be, you know, proud of what McKivitz is going to do. I hope, uh, you know, as long as they just stay healthy, um, keep building, stacking days. <laughs> exactly, stacking days is the name of training camp, and it, it it's funny, you know, that we're talking about cohesion and and connection with these guys. Right guard Spencer Burford spoke after today's practice and, you know, speaking on the connection that he has with right tackle Colton McKivitz, he said, me and Colton are flowing like water. So, (laughs) you know, I I think they're they're on the same page right now. And that's a great thing going into, you know, the season. So I, I think they'll be off to a fine start. But look, we got one more injury update that we got from Kyle today to talk about. And I want to spend a little extra time on this one because it has to do with someone who has a history of injuries on this team. And that is Elijah Mitchell. He is dealing with an abductor strain. If this were anybody else, I wouldn't be worried. Right. And I'm not even worried about the strain itself. Like he'll be fine for week one. um, Or at least he should be. But. This is Elijah Mitchell, and because he has the long history of injuries in his short career, this is just his third season, I find this concerning. And, like, it's now this negative trend with Mitchell, and it's one that has given me some pause, you know, even from, like, last season. Um, And I, I think the running back group is a very deep one, and Elijah Mitchell has looked good in camp, as have the other guys, though, as well. So I'll just say this. If someone were to offer the 49ers something from Mitchell, let's say at least a six-round pick, I think I'd make that deal right now, just given what I know about Mitchell's injury history and it being a trend and looking like a repeatable trend, right, at this point, we could say that. I think I'd take that deal right now. 
because I like how TDP has looked. I like how Jordan Mason has looked. And again, Mitchell has looked good too. But because that depth is also looking good, I feel like you can kind of cut your losses early on Mitchell potentially. Ah, this one's hard for me because uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of looking at it like this. I, I'm kind of have that feeling of, I guess every year should be all in, but this this year more than any other year, it just feels like we're inching our way. We're getting closer and closer. The talent somehow, some way, continues to get better and better. There's not the deficiencies with the cornerbacks anymore. Like how a couple years back, it was like okay, that's a glaring weakness and that's not anymore, you know, or, uh, you know, a few other spots on the team that some of the holes were a little more glaring. I, I just feel like this year I'm not selling anything. Um, that's just me personally. And then on top of it, I really, really like Elijah Mitchell. You know, he said something a while back in a, um, interview where he said, you know, I don't, I don't keep a chip on my shoulder. I keep it in my heart because someone could pull it off your shoulder. You know what I'm saying? And that just always kind of stuck with me. I, I don't know why, but, um, you know, I got a little emotional, uh, feelings toward Elijah Mitchell, just that underdog mentality, you know, um, where we picked him up. I'm just, I'm, I'm almost stumbling. Was he a six round or undrafted? I he believe he, six, he was a sixth round. Okay, it was uh, it was a uh, Mason who was the undrafted, but um, you know I root for him. Got, but it is concerning, like you said, it, it's it, it's concerning. It's like ah man, is this just? I think the other two knee injuries were more awkward hits on the angles coming in on them. You know, just the angles of the defenders. I think I would be really concerned if he was just running by himself and pulled a hammy, running by himself and pulled a hammy, and it just was something continuous with like more soft tissue, I guess. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I'm kind of, I, I would be a little more concerned if it, if the injuries, I'm not sure how this one happened, but this one obviously sounds different. It's, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to really break Elijah Mitchell down for me personally, but um, yeah, I would, I, I would keep him, but I am, I have heard great things about TDP. I said a few weeks ago, do not sleep on him. And sure enough, you know, we're starting to hear good reports in camp and I'm just like, let's go. You know, sometimes it's not about being right, but sometimes when I guess right, I'm like, okay, I know a little bit of what I'm talking about. That's what's up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I feel you on that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not just to, you know, just be spitting stuff out and just, you know, but it is what it is. Uh, hey, prayers up to uh, Elijah, get back healthy and stay healthy. Stay and healthy. hey, man, thank God we got a lot of running backs. It's true. So I, I see your point that it's like, well, don't just give them away because once you have the depth, like that don't make sense. But I'm not saying seek out a trade for him. Yeah. But if someone called and, and they were like, hey, like, what about Elijah Mitchell? Like, I'd listen. That's all. I'm stingy. I'm stingy. I'm, I'm like, stingy. man, I'm stingy. I'm like, give me a fourth. And someone's like, you're crazy, you, you know, but it, it's like a six. I'm like, ah, what could we do with that this year? You know, I mean, could we package something, maybe a trade deadline? It's like, I just want to make sure, man, if it, if it had something to do with like getting offensive line depth or something that could help us this year, I, I'd be all for it probably. Yeah, I mean, every every pick, the way I see it is because uh, Mitchell was a sixth-round pick, 
You've yeah. got okay. three years yeah. out of him, however many games that was for Mitchell. You've gotten what you got out of him, and you pretty much got that pick back. So yeah, essentially, yeah. it was like it's a free pick. <laughs> that's yeah, how probably. that's how I like to see it. But um, <clears throat> that's on Mitchell. So we got those three injury updates. Cornerback Terrence Mitchell, who the team had like just signed earlier this week or like last week um he was placed on injured reserve they signed another corner anthony averett uh who i assume at this point will probably just be a camp body until you know cut down to 53 um but yeah let, let, let's get to the quarterbacks because we're 20 minutes in uh, let's get to day day seven and and those updates. I I thought it was a good day for the quarterbacks today. To me, they all looked sharp. They all looked you know pretty locked in uh, into the offense and and operated it pretty well. So I found that encouraging. Um, to this point, I don't think any of these quarterbacks, from what I've seen, and I've I've been attending the practices since Monday. Uh, so I think that's three between Monday and today that I've attended and seen myself. Uh, but based on what I've seen and some of the reports, like I don't think that any of these quarterbacks have really blown anyone away. And I also don't think anyone has looked so terrible. Like I, I think they're all kind of pretty close to each other and how they've performed. That being said, like we already know that Brock Purdy is going to be uh, the starter for this team. Mm -hmm. And he actually practiced again today. And I think some of us thought he was going to have the day off today just because the last time that Kyle Shanahan spoke with the media, he said it was going to be two days on, two days off for Purdy. But he was out there again. So I think he's on two days on, one day off. Uh, and that one day off was yesterday when the team uh, – was off as well. So he was back out there and, you know, I, I thought he looked pretty well to me. Like it's not even a matter of him knocking off the rust anymore. I think he's past that point personally. It depends who you ask though. Like I see people having, you know, other thoughts on Brock Purdy and that's fine too, but I don't think anyone can say that he's looking bad right now. I think he's just he looks comfortable and that's how he, he's always looked <laughs> in this offense right that's how he looked in the games that he played um yep. he looks comfortable and i think he is regaining that chemistry that he had with his guys you know last year so i'm i'm seeing some of that and it seems like the 49ers are more than comfortable with uh Brock Purdy as well based on you know some of the things that Kyle Shanahan said about him uh, today when he was uh, asked about him and he said he's not worried about Brock at all. Uh, he's the real deal. Uh, so, again, the 49ers clearly not worried about where he's at right now. Kyle also said he's not even thinking about his injury anymore. So I, I think those are all good signs for Purdy and you know him being ready for week one. I think that speaks volumes just even that last part you said, he's the real deal. I mean, um, you know, it makes me think of Evander Holyfield, the real deal like Holyfield. That was a saying back in the day, you know, it, when, when, when you're a real one, you know, that's pretty much how you say it. So for me, quarterbacks, uh, a lot of people who know me know that 
that's that's basically how I started my YouTube channel. I got I was so frustrated about quarterback play. I don't even want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, given the fact that I said I've said a lot of things about Jimmy, but I think Jimmy was good for who Jimmy is. You, you know, and my big thing was I was, you know, I come from watching Steve Young and Jerry Rice and just the legacy, and I finally got to a point where texting the radio station wasn't enough and i was like i gotta i gotta i gotta scream it out to somebody i see you know i've seen over the years whether it was hardball with peyton manning you know i was high on russell wilson coming out of wisconsin everybody thought i was crazy um and i've rarely been on social media on like when i started my youtube channel two years ago i basically did it backwards i started a channel and then got a twitter and then did all these things and learned everything else but my point being is I've been big on Trey Lance, you know, before he was drafted. Hey, 49ers, I don't care if you got to move up in the draft, go draft him. You know, that's 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 just the feeling I got initially, the person he was, everything I seen with my eyes as far as when pressures come in this, that and the other. But just because of all that and I want to see Trey get an opportunity, I really, really like Brock Purdy. I've never been one of those guys that have been like hateful toward Brock because of Trey Lance. People would look at me, they're like, oh, I'm a Trey Lance guy. No, I'm a, I'm a Trey Lance and a Brock Purdy and mostly a 49er guy. That's just the nope. way I roll. That's how it should be. I personally don't have to cap myself off and put my flag in the ground and make a stance because that flag is the 49ers. I think it's a beautiful, I won't even call it a problem. I think it is a good situation that these guys aren't separating and we're not hearing, Oh, three, four interceptions. You know, I don't want to compare to Jimmy, but it feels like we would hear those kind of things with Jimmy. We're not hearing those things. And with the lack of separation, it tells me that we got three really good quarterbacks in there. That's just what that tells me. That's, that's the way I'm choosing to look at it. And it's obvious per hey, per Purdy's the guy. I, I kind of the past few days I've been kind of looking at it like this. How can you how can you bench a guy who's never lost? And then on top of it, just um and then I think about John Lance saying, hey, it's a challenge to get Trey Lance some playing opportunity. You know, I just think it's just a really there's so many layers to it. There's not just one thing. You know, this mm-hmm. is you know, and like I said uh, just a minute ago, I think the lack of separation is a great I don't want to say, I'm trying to find a different word of problem or issue. I think it's a good thing. I'll just call it that. You know, I just, it yeah. just makes, it makes me more confident about what's happening, what's going on. Everybody seems efficient, you know, Trey, or I mean, Trey has progressed. Brock Purdy has progressed. Like everything is trending up. You know, I, I put a, a tweet today saying, Hey, you know, um, I I think that this is arguably the best roster since 1994. I'm not saying it's better than 94. I just think it's giving me those vibes of just the lack of holes. And not only, I feel like the whole 49ers team is trending up. Like training camp has been trending up. There hasn't been a serious, you know, knock on wood. There hasn't been a serious injury. All the quarterbacks are, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. We got got. I'll I'll stop there because I'm sure we're going to talk about maybe defensive line later. But I, I, I'm juiced at. I'm super juiced about what's happening right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
you mentioned that we haven't heard too many like you know interceptions and there there have been sprinkled uh, across camp it's not really like someone looking so bad that there's like a multi interception day for any yeah. of these guys so yeah i think that's another good takeaway and so you know lance again like i i think he just looks more confident and every time he steps out there i i feel like that confidence grows and you know i said it in my last episode he's he's a rhythm quarterback you know he and i think stacking his days and not just stacking his days but stacking plays like it's important That's for him up. that was um, a bar <laughs> stacking days and stacking plays no, but really, like, I I think that benefits him, and he's probably feels like he's in a groove right now, and I think that's, that's good for him. And, you know, seeing that the other quarterbacks maybe aren't, you know, lighting it up exactly or put, setting the practice on fire, I think that maybe that helps him too, you know, not feel too discouraged. Um, so as of right now, you know, I'm looking at the situation and I'm like, yeah, I feel like Purdy, of course, for what he did last season, he should be QB one. Like we can't really argue that. Uh, but I'm seeing a good solid competition between Lance and Darnold. And like you said, I think that's a good problem to have that like between those two guys, it's kind of hard to separate. And I would say like the, not even issues they have, but, what they do well is very different from each other. And also what, you know, some of the mistakes they make, I think is also very different mm -hmm. from each other. Uh, I think you see, and it's clear in practice that Darnold has a lot of experience, right? Like clearly he's done training camp several times before he looks comfortable. I think really the only issue with him is, you know, getting this playbook down. Right. And mm -hmm. I, that's, that's a process in itself as we know. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he's, he's looked pretty good so far and you know for Lance it's a matter of what I, what I've seen is he needs more consistency right and and I mentioned in my last episode too like or I think it was in bully ball he can make the hard throws look easy but sometimes those layups you know those easy throws that yeah. need to be like on the money all the time sometimes he struggles with those right so he needs the consistency especially on the the easy throws on the layups so i think with time like i said some of those things get better uh the interception that he had today it was a it was a great play by D Winters cuz Winters had to go up and get it uh so it was impressive on Winters part uh, but obviously, you know, you want to get that cleaned up too. But I think like all the all the um, quarterbacks have had at least one interception or so. So, um, you know, I'm just encouraged by how all of these guys look. Darnold had a few plays under pressure, and I think in the move the ball period, he he moved the ball uh, better than anyone today. Purdy looked pretty good too. So. It's a, it's a good problem to have, you know, I, I think it's going to be a tough decision, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm with you and what you were saying about the running backs, I kind of apply it to the quarterback position. It's like, man, okay. Then if you have this depth and you feel so good about it, like why get rid of one of these guys? Right. Because all we've been hearing from like, you know, national media guys is well, one of these guys going to get traded between like Lance and of course the the low hanging fruit has been, it is going to be Lance, right. Um, all throughout the off season. That's what we've heard. But, um, you know, 
realistically, that was before both of those guys even stepped on the field together. And now that they're both on the field together, we're seeing that, you know, they're they're kind of uh, on the same level. Maybe Darnold slightly sharper and there's some polish that Lance, you know, needs to get under his belt first. But, you know, I think from a talent standpoint, they're they're pretty much on par. Um yeah, I think that's a great situation to have. If it were up to me, I think the low-hanging fruit is Brandon Allen, right? Absolutely. And he he may be good. Like, obviously, he was good enough to be a backup for the Bengals for as long as he was. But Or that's know, I, all they had. <laughs> or yeah, that's just... <laughs> I mean, both, I, it could be both, right? You know. Most teams don't worry about their uh, backup yeah. position as much as the 49ers have. Um, but, you know, that being said, I... I just feel like he he is the odd man out in this situation, but who knows? Forty Niners can can think differently. Yeah, I, I I think sometimes, I mean, it's hard to speak for what's exactly happening, but I think sometimes it's easy to be like, okay, what's trending? I don't even know how to hit some of those tabs on. I think I accidentally hit some of those tabs on Twitter before, but I couldn't just go to it very easily but i think some of these guys are like okay what's trending trey lance plus negativity equals generates it's almost it feels like a generator and then we'll wait we'll give it about two weeks or you know three days then we'll say something positive it feels like a repetitive cycle of how to generate you know um attention i guess you know it it is what it is who knows maybe trey will be traded at some point in time Maybe uh maybe he won't, but it's it's kind of frustrating just when it just feels like a continual a, a just a cycle. It feels like it's just like a cycle and um it's unfortunate. It is what it is. And hey, hey, w- w- we got they're all I'm just glad he's progressing. I'm glad he went and worked on his mechanics. I'm glad that he is hasn't taken no steps back. I mean, he threw his what first interception today. I mean, that's pretty dang efficient and, you know, taking care of the football is a huge thing in Kyle Shanahan's uh, system. So, you know, there's just a lot of positive for me personally, just looking at the whole quarterback situation as a big picture. And, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I agree. And like, honestly, you know, we, we have this conversation about the quarterbacks, like every day, every episode, you know, I, I kind of find myself saying or coming to about the same conclusion, right? That like, you mm-hmm. know, no one has really separated themselves that much, but we know Brock Purdy's going to be a QB one and let's just leave it at that. Right. Cause That's- I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to spend hella time talking about the backup position, uh, no other team in the NFL do would spend this much time talking about the backup position. <laughs> I think I tweeted a while back. I was like, man, I got frustrated because I was like, man, are we really talking about the third string? And it kind of dawned on me. I was like, in my whole 30 years of watching football, like I had to really do, go do a whole, you know, thing since I was a little kid. I have never heard like the third string quarterback be normalized, you know, in a way. And it's like, no, this is not okay. Like this is just not, but, and it sucks to look back on last year. It sucks to like look at what happened last year because that may never happen again. But at the same time, there's always the flip side. It might happen again. 
And, you know, so I understand it. You know, I just always try to get to a point of understanding or solution if I have a good idea. And if I can't, then it is what it is. And then I just got to trust, you know. So um, I did want to mention if we are going to switch subjects, I do want to mention something about Brock Purdy. Um, when the very first, cause I've been hearing the dink and dunk thing kind of come back or I've heard it a lot, you know? And when I very first heard the dink and dunk, I was immediately against it, immediately against it, never switched my stance on it. And, um, I understand how some people could look at that as, um, disrespect. I just think everybody has a different lens on what the dink and dunk is. And for me personally, that the thing that made me say, hey, he isn't dink and dunk is when I seen him throw that ball to uh, CMC, I was like, Jimmy Garoppolo never had ball placement that deep on the sideline. Like those are the kind of throws that can win Super Bowls. When I seen him hit CMC, then I see him choose to avoid the pressure. He could have dinked and dunked it down, but he didn't. He went and hit a uke. It was a little bit shorter, but it's like I would look at Brock Purdy as a dinker and a dunker if like he didn't say, hey, I know I'm about to take this hit and I'm not going to choose the little safe quick pass or take the sack and get scared. He went for it. We scored the touchdown before going into the half. That's called that's the opposite. You know, I don't care what the numbers say because I've seen him go deep over the middle to Kittle when Kittle intercepted it from Ray Ray, like those are the, it's more of a mentality. Do you have like the heart, the guts to stand in and deliver it? I don't care if it's 45, 55 or 35. If you can make those throws that make me say, Hey, those are the kind of throws that could potentially win a Super Bowl. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Will he have to anticipate a little bit sooner because of his stature, because his arm isn't maybe as strong. Yeah, but maybe his quickness makes up for that because sometimes I look at a Trey Lance and I'm like, hey, he maybe in a straight line, maybe they're the same, you know, maybe Trey is faster, but sometimes I kind of look at like quickness is stronger than strength, if that makes sense. Uh, just, and there's this, you know, and then on top of it, on the flip side, I could go to Trey Lance and be like, hey man, with that arm strength, he could potentially make those same Super Bowl winning throws too. So I just feel like it's a really good problem. You know, it's like, I feel like I trust the both of them. And of course, Brock Purdy right now, a little bit more. And then I still absolutely fully want to see the ceiling of Trey before he goes anywhere else. So it's just like, we might leave this situation not knowing about one of them. And it is what it is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I definitely would like to see more of Lance before just letting him go because I Absolutely. I don't think he's really we we've seen what he is right. But to to your uh, point on you know Purdy not being a dink and dunk guy, he's definitely not known for his deep ball. And I think yeah. like people see it as okay, you're either one or the other, <laughs> and that, I don't think that's the case necessarily. And I'll also add that. I think a lot of Kyle Shanahan's offense is predicated on what some people would refer to as dink and dunk, right? Because it's a lot of short 
intermediate passes. Not to say that Kyle Shanahan isn't wanting to push the ball down the field because if someone is open down the field and there are always routes that, you know, are 20 plus yards down the field and that guy's open, he's going to want you to hit those guys. And to your point, like, I think Brock Purdy was a little more willing or just had the better vision to see those plays and to not be afraid to hit those um, as opposed to maybe what we saw from Jimmy Garoppolo. So I do think that's the difference between both of those guys. And it seems like a small difference, but I think like in games from what I saw, it made a huge difference on the field um, and situationally. Right. So I think Brock just, while I do feel like his floor, in my opinion, is Jimmy Garoppolo. That's his floor. And maybe even Jimmy Garoppolo's best. I don't know, but uh, they have similar limitations as far as like their arm goes. I do feel like Brock Purdy's a little more accurate downfield, even if like his arm strength isn't, you know, it's not going to blow you away. Uh, but that being said, like I do feel like Brock gives you that little extra that you know maybe, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't that can push you to a new level, which is what we saw. It, it, what we saw, like some of the some of the stats that we saw this team go from in comparison to when Jimmy was in there and they were winning, uh, you know, before Jimmy got hurt too, compared to what Brock then pushed them to. And some of that is also attributed to Christian McCaffrey. I don't, I don't want to forget that part either, but you know, I think a lot of it too is some of that extra, you know, umph that, you know, Brock Purdy did give you as far as his escapability, right. Um, His ability to, you know, look through his progressions and look further down the field, you know, those little things, those little things can become the big things. And I think that's, that's what it is with uh, Brock Purdy. So I do have a lot of respect for his game. Um, And he has a natural ability, I think, to play the quarterback position. And I think that's what gives me comfort in watching him play. Uh, And so, yeah, I feel good about, about the situation uh at quarterback and i think everyone else should too i did a live stream versus minnesota play-by-play uh last year's preseason uh-huh. and i know how people get riled up but i'm me and camperman as a matter of fact we're watching this live and i'm just looking i'm like hey chat don't come at me but this man brock purdy's looking like a young russell wilson i'm just like hey hey, hey bro i'm just telling you what my eyes see i see the way he's avoid he was a gamer he was fearless. He was, I don't care about if he can't run like Wilson. I seen the way he was of, of I seen it. I seen it, you know, and um, it's just unfortunate when we got to, or when, when folks just want to, you know, find ways to tear stuff down. You know what I'm saying? Just tear, just, oh, well he, he, th- oh, can he beat Mahomes? Can can Brock Purdy beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl? Well, you know my my thing is more kind of like Brock Purdy isn't going against Mahomes. You know, it's the forty nine. You know, the forty ers team is going, and and I get it. You want to have that Patrick Mahomes type protocol to just be like, hey man, we could be in it every year, no matter what happens to the rest of the team once pieces start falling off. But everything is still to be determined, man, and so. You know, personally, I'm a, I'm very optimistic about what's happening, and we just got to see how it plays out. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and on that, like Eric Crocker, he was on a space a Twitter space earlier, and he he pretty much said that same thing um, about uh, what what was the thing you just said? Um, how my, Patrick Mahomes? My, yeah, yeah. About Pat, playing against Patrick Mahomes, he said like most quarterbacks wouldn't be able to go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, like, you're gonna have to have all fifty three on deck yeah 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 for real so i i don't think it's it's as much an indictment on brock purdy but you know it is what it is i i still feel good about the situation but let, let's get to talk about some of these other position groups um you know the tight ends had been pretty quiet through the first few training camp practices and I, I've been very curious to see how Braden Willis and Cameron Latu were going to be doing, right? And so they had been quiet. Braden Willis, he had two catches in team periods yesterday. Uh, he had, I think Grant said he had four tar- either targets or, or um, catches today. So I think that's a great sign for him. Yeah, he had uh, yeah, f- targeted four times today. So... I, I think that's great for him. He's coming along clearly. Uh, and I think that comes with time too, to just build that chemistry with these quarterbacks. Cause you know, the, especially with Trey and Darnold, uh, you know, splitting those reps at times, you're not having the same quarterback throw to you every time. So you're kind of splitting your time between both of those guys and have to build your chemistry with both of those guys. So uh, but I, I'm encouraged to hear that uh, Willis is is getting a little more action and to see that, and you know, hopefully, one of these guys can you know sneak into the backup position, right? Because as of right now, I don't think they've really done that. I think it's st- still probably Charlie Warner, uh, but I want to see more from those guys for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, that's uh, my guy, Bay Area Baller. That's his. That's been his guy. The second we drafted him, he was like, "Oh, hey, Kelts, this guy Willis." You know, um, so he he's been super juiced up about Willis. Uh, you know, I like to say, you know, if there's a Willis, there's a way. You know, so. <laughs> um, and it seems like we always have a Willis on the team, one way or another. So so um, so that's encouraging to hear that. I heard Latou, you know, he's just having a problem holding on to the ball. But I've also heard that he has shown more explosiveness than, you know, people might have thought from the beginning. So, you know, hey, man, let's get these guys involved. I can't wait for preseason to come just to really see what these, you know, to see if there's any other gamers on the team. I'm super, uh, man, uh, I can't wait to see Jair Brown. I've been huge. I've been huge on these are the guys I've been talking about the most off season was uh, Drake Jackson. I was like, I got kind of pounded on Twitter a few months back. Like, Hey man, every time I see Drake Jackson, he reminds me of Alden Smith, just the arms and the, le- just, just more the stature people's coming at me. I'm crazy or whatever, but then, you know, we're hearing some really good things about Drake. TDP, Jair Brown, and Samuel Womack have been the four main guys that I'm like, hey, watch out. I think we are going to have multiple breakout players, multiple second year players. Uh man, we're stacked. We are, we are, we are loaded. We're stacked, or you know, cocked and loaded. And hey man, we're coming for it this year. So, so I'm excited. 
Yeah, I mean, you said it. All those players have been, uh, you know, some of the standouts in camp. And that's yeah. why camp is, you know, one of my favorite times of the year, just because those guys who wouldn't normally get playing time, like you wouldn't normally hear about them or, or see yeah. anything about them. So you get to see some of those guys now and they have stepped up D winters. I'd add him into the mix as well. And, you know, because you mentioned Drake Jackson, uh, we did get a question earlier um, from grandizer 12 uh, asking you, you dropped the video on Drake Jackson, having a good camp. How much do you think he will contribute this year? Starter rotation player, purely backup. Uh, uh, my, my bad grandizer. I was waiting for you. Hey, hey, man, he's going to start, man. I'm I'm not backpedaling now, man. Hey, you heard me. I don't know how long ago was it when I first mentioned like, watch out, watch Drake is coming. Uh, um, you know, hey, he's going to start, man. He's going to ball out. He didn't get his continuously get his hands on balls for no reason. I think, I think it's for some rookies. I think it takes a minute. Um, and some rookies are just on it right away. And I think I said something along the lines, like Drake Jackson is going to be that Hufunga type. He's going to be the next Hufunga. Maybe he doesn't get all pro, but don't be surprised when I think the prediction was, I said, Drake Jackson, Javon Hargraves, and Nick Bosa, they're going to be the first uh, trio to get uh, double-digit sacks for the 49ers and the first duo since 1998. And in that 98 season, Bryant Young was a half sack away from making it a trio. But I'm sticking with it, Grandizer. Good stuff for coming through. And if y'all don't know who, on top of it, if you don't know who Steph Sanchez is, you're sleeping. But in the description on my channel, if you're on my channel, if you go in the description, I have her uh, YouTube um, uh, channel on there. All you got to do is go through the description. You'll see your channel. Go sub her up, show some love and good stuff for coming through and hope all is well, my man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And and for those of you who are watching on my channel, Rich's uh, link is is in my description as well. So go ahead and show some love. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for Drake. And right now we're getting a really good look at both him and Clinton Farrell because Nick Bosa is out. And so the question will be like, I really do feel like as far as who's going to be the starter, it's going to be between Drake Jackson and Clinton Farrell. But based on what I've seen from camp, I, I still would give the edge to Drake Jackson, I think. And and I think for how early they drafted him in the second round that they would want to give him that opportunity as well. Um, that being said, you know, the, the 49ers still like to rotate guys. So while Drake Jackson will start, I do see both of those guys splitting uh, some time in games. But that'll just help keep them fresh and throughout the season, especially because just a season ago, it was Drake Jackson who, you know, kind of ran out of gas towards the end of last season. Right. So you, while he's in better shape uh, compared to last year, you still want to make sure that you have your guys fresh for uh, what will hopefully be a 20 ish game season. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I also think that's a positive with Nick Bosa not being here right now either. We see Nick Bosa kind of run out of gas a little bit, you know, and not because he has endurance issues. I think there's been so much weight on him to, you know, do what Bosa does, and that's get saccharoonies. 
Um, we're, we're, I know we're all still waiting for the impersonation of the uh, contract extension. You know, um, I could imagine him saying something like, you know, just taking taking an extra vacation out there in Florida and whatnot. But um, I think it's a good thing. I think everything that's happening is a good thing. And with the Cleveland Farrell, I feel like because we just signed Taco Carlton, right? Yes. So we signed and Taco. He great yesterday. He I didn't really see him or notice him out there today, but his first day out there, he was he was making plays. And I started looking up the similarities of Cleveland Farrell and Taco Carlton. They're almost the same exact size. I don't know what they look like in person. Almost the same careers. They've been, I think, uh, Cleveland is 26, Taco's 28. I think Taco has, you know, 11.5 sacks. Cleveland has 10. They've been kind of up and down in their careers. I think Taco's been on a few, quite a few teams. Kansas City, Dallas, another team. Just very, very similar careers, stature. And I was sitting there thinking like, okay, uh, Cleveland did what he did to Brock. And Kyle was like, hey, bet, bet. Like, hey, hey bro, I could bring your replacement. Hey, hey, you better you be, pay attention, bro. Hey, your replacement could come that quick. Like, you know, but, you know, I think that's more just, hey, be on your toes. This is a business, man. And, you know, you you, you can't, you know, from what I've heard, I've uh, heard from, you know, people saying, hey, they've never seen nothing like that in practice. So that's kind of a big deal, man, especially the same arm, the same way. I mean, that, that's kind of scary. So, hey, X-Raider, Farrell. Get your head in the game, bro. We need our QBs, <laughs> if you haven't noticed. This, yeah, like, it, it was kind of weird because I feel like in one-on-ones, Farrell, like, would kind of disappear, but he would make some plays in, in team periods. So, you know, I don't know what that's about. Usually, you'd at least get those one-on-ones, right, if you have the, yeah. the tools. But, you know, I, I think – you know, obviously the 49ers going to keep him around. I think he's shown enough to earn that spot. And, you know, with more time, I think he's just going to look better and better. And I don't, I don't know, quite honestly, if, if uh, Taco Charlton will make the team. He's very lean. He's super lean. Okay. Um, and we and also have we have another guy. Who is it? Austin Bryant? Austin I think Bryant. He, he, he's a similar stature. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's a he's a speed rusher. Um, okay. so I I do like Austin Bryant. I think uh he probably has more of a chance to make the team. Uh, but you know I do like that they're bringing, you know, more guys in. Of course, maybe this is because Nick Bosa out a little longer than they probably originally yeah, yeah, yeah. hoped or expected. Um, but. Yeah, at the end of the day, I do expect that to get done. Hopefully it gets done soon, at least before some of these preseason games get going so that Nick can, you know, practice with the team uh, before week one. Show me the money. Show Nick the money. <laughs> Back up the Brinks truck because it's <clears throat> coming. Yeah, it is coming. Um, but, Rich, like, I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're at about, like, 50 minutes here so uh, i appreciate you talking ball with me we're definitely gonna have to do this again because uh i thought this was great and thank you guys for tuning in and keeping the comments active you guys are <clears throat> great um have a good rest of your third oh really quickly rich let the people know where they can find you all all your content not just your youtube twitter where they can find you 
Yeah, man, you can find me, I believe, man, I switched it up, I believe, like, besides uh, YouTube, you know, I, I uh, created a handle, FaithFam49ers, you know, that that's just what I'm about, man, you know, Faith, Family, and Football, but mainly the 49ers, so Faith, Fam, 49ers, all one word, and on YouTube, uh, Celts Chronicles, Rich Celts Chronicles, however you want to look at it, you can find me, uh, you know what it is, we, we appreciate all y'all. Uh, stay up, stay blessed. And you know what I like to say? Uh, faithful, rise up. Yee! Let's go. <laughs> I thank love you, it. Steph. I appreciate you reaching out as well. So we're, we'll I do it again. appreciate you, man. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, like I said, thank you guys for tuning in. But for now, have a good rest of your Thursday, people. Peace. Yee!